Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical uh, goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Let's start that again. That was episode 177. <laughs> was it? 79. What? 79? Yeah. That's what? What? Yeah. 177. 177. Sunset Strip. <laughs> Sunset Strip. 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 Sunset after a double sign fill. Absolutely. <laughs> Training course. Double sign fill. Serenity now! Is that right? That's it. <laughs> double or nothing. <laughs> what are you having a drink tonight? Well, I've got this beer that I bought. It's a cult natural. Now, I don't know what... It's, it's a superior dry lager with nothing in artificial. But I don't know what makes it so natural. And the type's so small that even with my glasses on, I can't read it in this light. We can Can you read that? Oh, it's, a yeah. it's a shampoo bottle, that's why I can't read it. <laughs> it's not actually beer. It's, beer. it's shampoo with beer. Now, you know, it's one of our clients who makes all these labels up for them, and I reckon I'm going to go there and go, stop setting type in bloody five point. Uh, and and it's more it's a copper plate. It is. Combining premium ingredients and an unprecedented dedication to quality, Carlton Natural is brewed with nothing artificial, using an enhanced process to deceive... A superior, no, deliver a superior. <laughs> deceive dry, the punters. Right, <laughs> lager, but slow in carbohydrates and uses copper plate. Well, that's good. Low in carbohydrates, that means my guts oh, won't get so it's terrible. <laughs> and it's. That's really what all these low carb beers are going. Stops you feeling like. Stops you bloating. Well, bloating, bloating. And it's on silver. I mean, you don't put black on silver. You can well, they don't want you to read it by doing that. They don't want you to read it. Absolutely right. It's, it's almost like. There you go. Beer was okay when you were younger. Now try the low carb beer. That's right. Because Doesn't we know you're getting older and fatter. The lack of serenity. What's serenity requires now. Mate, I'm having a. And thanks for asking. I'm just about. To, sorry, I was taking a mouthful of this uh, superior, low quality, low carb beer. A 750 mil Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> it's a 2000, 2008 Kilimans run from. Killer canoe. Seven on Blanc. And I, and I, it must be a Cab Savon. Seven on Cab Savon. I was reading it backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Is it Kill Canoe? Oh, I thought I'd seen the back of it. It's got Zach Chancellery. Oh, no. Have a go at that. 
Mr. You can't read I can't, that, Mr. Mr. You Kill- can't do it. Killer Canoons Mr. Idiot. Killerman was a well-known Clare Valley character. I know some yeah. Clare Valley characters. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he yeah, used yeah. to be right next door to Penelope. In fact, he's in Penelope, but there you go. But that, well, tell me, is, is, is that Zap Chancellery? It looks like Zap Chancellery. Yes. Have another look under my glasses. Have a, have a second set of glasses. If I put two sets on. Oh man, the magnification's fantastic. That is. Behind the Killer Canoon cellar door. Try this full bodied, hold on, don't move it away. This full bodied wine a little cooler than you might think to enjoy all those ripe fruit flavours. Mm. There you go, so mm. you chilled it down a bit. Let me go with those other set of glasses. Let me try those. Try, try two on at once. And you, the magnification's just sensational. Unbelievable. It's only one and a half litre bottle. The depth of field's only two millimetres, but don't worry about that. Anyway, I'm, I'm just going to give it a bit of a try. I'm not sure about it. Right, okay. Is that to move the chopping board view? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not drinking that. God. Did you bring it in? Yeah, well, I, bought, I bought an old favourite of ours. A oh. 2006 Scarp and Tony score block. You know, it is an old favourite. And I had one up in Sydney and I thought... I thought the old dinners back there at... Uh, the place that you had Mind to sell. Step. No. Oh, the uh, place uh, you had to sell because you uh, told Sunderland Park. Yeah. 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 You know the place with the the waterfront. The place with the wi- the um the shelving in the wrong spot. <laughs> shelving. Dell Boys Lady Killer. That's right. You know the bathroom. Uh, yep. Gee, that was a long time ago, Johnny. It's not that long ago. Bloody long enough. Tell me. Right. What's so, on? What's on? Well, you're first. There's heaps of shit round, isn't there? But there's not really that much. Well, good evening, sausage. All right, where is the sausage? Sausage is down there, and off. You know, the sausage has found a new evening bed because mm. we never like the um, never like the uh, um, the beanbag on its own. But now with the beanbag uh, in, in incorporating the large round cushion that would be out in the hanging doodad thing outside, yeah. and then a um, you know, an imported New Zealand uh, brown bears blanket. <laughs> she loves sheeps, and, and that's going to be shown by the fact that she's going to set them somewhere else tonight. The sheepskin is dyed in a very currently trendy brown colour because brown's the brown, at the moment. Well, what else the dog? I mean, I've been looking at bloody tiles to revamp the uh, ensuite, mate. Brown's in. Never mind the fact that in two years' time it will be out and everything will look so dated it's not funny. But you know, what's the chance of any motor racing going on? Motor racing? Is it motor racing? Yeah. You know, interestingly, talking about motor racing. Apparently, um, Ford Performance are going to go to Christchurch early for the Hamilton race. And, well, sorry, they're, they're going, going to they're New, going New Zealand, Zealand early and so they're going to Christchurch, which I think is very, very nice because it would appear that there's two big Ford dealers over there um, and they're still inaccessible. Um, so apparently it's Team Hutchinson Ford and um, Avon City Ford. So... Uh, Will Davison, Mark Winterbottom and Paul Dumbrell are all going to make a goodwill visit on next Tuesday and Wednesday um, ahead of uh, next weekend's Hamilton 400. Which well, is, I think uh, anything, in any support you can provide to the victims of uh, the Christchurch earthquake or any of the tragedies that have gone on, of course, why wouldn't you? Um, absolutely. You know, and I don't want to be flippant. I don't want to be flippant. <coughs> it's our job to be light-hearted and, um, you know, never never miss an opportunity for a bit of media. Right, well, I mean, I think it's good too, because Dumbrell's basically said, you know, what happened in Christchurch is terrible, but it probably hasn't had the exposure it needs because of the events in Japan. Well, he's the CEO of Autobahn, he could cut a check. So, 
Well, he probably already has. Where? But uh, <laughs> if he had, you would have heard about it. Well, there you go, anyway. If you pre-purchase event tickets for the Hamilton 400, uh, $5 from each ticket will be donated to the Christchurch Relief Fund. So anybody going to the race... If they are um, put up 5 bucks. I don't know who's putting the 5 bucks up, but 5 bucks is going to be donated. I mean, think it would probably be Steve Jobs, because he, he's in a bit of a happy mood at the moment, because he's gone... You know, like uh, with all the, the, the tra- trauma that has gone on in, in, in Japan and the supply lines being disrupted yes. and, and the indication that prices are going to go up, Steve's gone, ah, let's live a little and I'll absorb everything. I'll absorb everything. <laughs> well, I mean that, no. you know, from a financial point of view. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let, let it all begin. Just keep it flowing. Keep it flowing. I'm handling it. <laughs> oh, man. And on that note... 10% off everything in Australia. That'll never work. Which they did. Got the price of, price of iPads. iPods. iPads. Yeah, the iPads. You're not getting iPods, but Tom got the price of iPods. Did I say that? Yeah, well, I went the pack with it and saved the parity. <clears throat> now, talking about the Hamilton 400, which we weren't, but we are now. Well, we sort of did. Um, Try and do it off the cuff, JP. I'm doing it off the cuff. Yeah, I mean, even though you've got shorts, short sleeve shirt. I have short sleeve shirt and shorts because it's been warm over here. We've got those shoes again, they haven't got dirty. That's what they're trying to do. They're brand new. We've had wet wet clips all over to fix them shoes immediately. Have we told the viewers about my new shoes? (laughs) (laughs) About my Ken Block specials? DC shoes, USA, or whatever they say on their crap? That's right. Yeah. Don't get a free sticker to put on your car so you can look like a hood. Does it say this for what I think DC. it says? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dopey what? <laughs> anyway, the Hamilton 400 soft option tyres on the street circuit for the first time. So that will... What, the whole time? Make the... <coughs> oh, no, the, me. You have to run them both. Both yeah. tyres. Yeah, 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 they're going to have eight sets of the soft tyre uh, for practice, qualifying and race over the course of the three days. Um, and yeah, it's the first time now that they reckon that the leading drivers are um, all over the place over it. Well, they are, but could jumble the field up nicely. So uh, it's very good. Now, I did also read that um, a few of the younger people around the place, such as James Moffat, are actually whinging about the soft tyre. Already? Because He's only in his third race. Now, only on the basis that... These circuits are new to them, so they're learning the circuit, and there's no benchmark because they're going to be going straight out on the softs and using the softs to know how much better they are than the hard tyres on the same in the same place. So um, it certainly could jumble things up a fair bit. So it could be a good well, bit of racing. Why don't we get James on the phone? I'll see if he's whinging. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell it like it is. Yeah, I'm sure he will too. Just like his old man always. Well, that wasn't this. Next weekend, April 15th to the 17th, is um, Hamilton 400. Don't know what the TV um, TV stuff is uh, in terms of coverage. We'll, we'll presume that there'll be uh, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, So what are you trying to do? Is the AFL not on yet? Yeah, the AFL's on. But, but there won't be interruption. There won't be any interruption. Of, of, oh, come on. No, 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 there can't be any interruption. I mean, well, there can't, but there probably will be. There's going to be light-hearted interruption. Like football. Well, if it's football, it might not be light-hearted. You know, there's so been a rash of interest in, in, in our, our light-hearted rantings and ravings over the last week. Rantings and, and you know, ravings? Fogwire's not here. 
I know. Well, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> a rash of interest. What sort of interest? Oh, all sorts of people seem to be the stats stats are up significantly. Really? Yeah. And even I had a little bit of a chuckle to myself um, as I winged my way north to... Last weekend. Port Macquarie. Port Macquarie. Cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 those rascally wabbits in Port Macquarie. <laughs> that's what the slippery shuckies is. And um, for, for Princess Tatilda's birthday. Right. And she had something to say. Did she? What? Well, if you listen up, you'll hear it, won't you? I'm Hardy. What's your name? Maddie. Are you a racing car driver? No, I'm a queen. A queen? Isn't that more than a princess? No. Well, can you tell everyone what you do? What do you do when you're a queen? Um, I just go to the... The playground. And what does a queen like to eat? <laughs> and when you have lamb chops, what do you do with the bones? Oh, oh no! Oh no, what? Um, the, the bone! <gasps> and, and, and the bugs eat it! No! Last night, last night you had lamb chops for dinner and you put your bone up on a tree. And what happened to the bones? Um, they ate it. Who? From the poopy birds. <laughs> but why are they poopy birds? Um, and I do poopy on me sometimes and I go... <laughs> and you said they do poopy on your car. What sort of car do you have, Princess Tatilda? I don't know. Oh, what colour is it? Red and blue. <gasps> now, Matilda, when you become a racing car driver, what colour feather will you have? Ah, uh, blue. Oh, why? A blue one? Because I'd love to have a blue one. But what other colours do you like? Ah, uh, yellow. What colour would Mummy have? Ah, uh, blue. A blue as well. What about Dad? You gonna have a blue as well. <laughs> Do I get a feather? What about Rusty Sausage? Yeah. And what about JP? You... Uh, um, I don't know, but we gotta check it out. <laughs> Mum, we gotta check it out, okay? Okay. Um. I feel that it's getting a bit windy outside here and we should go inside because Mum loves the leaves out here rolling around, doesn't she? Don't you? No. Silly Daddy. <laughs> Silly man, Daddy. Bye. Bye. Happy racing. Happy racing. <laughs> Little angel, isn't it? Oh, I tell you. She's a bit like you, isn't she? <laughs> Runs off at the mouth a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you so could say she's not a princess yet. No, she's not. Absolutely not. You're talking about scale, so what have you got, Emily? I have got a bit of stuff. A I, bit of stuff. I've got a bit of stuff going on. There's been a bit of a kerfuffle going on, you know, overseas there in the American Le Mans series. I was actually talking to International Paulie about it last night, trying to unravel what the hell's going on with the broadcasting or the rights and the TV coverage. Now, what what the the ACO, which is the French body that licenses the rights to broadcast the American Le Mans series and Le Mans series, have gone and said, "All right, uh, okay." Um, well, we're going. To, we're using Eurosport here in a, in Europe, so um, uh, we'll continue to not fragment that and use Eurosport to broadcast in uh, America. But right. no one at Eurosport actually found out about that. But they said, "Oh, no, actually, we can do that." But we'll hook it up and we'll pl- display it live mm. through ESPN3.com. Right. Which is okay if your provider allows ESPN3 to be. Downloaded, whatever. Yeah, or have access well, well, to. Well, why wouldn't they? Well, because of the probably the, the huge amount of data that would be being sucked down from the right. video. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, the, the point is that here in Australia, you can't get any access to it. But you could have before, perhaps through Motors TV. But because of the ACO's ruling saying, "Hey, look, Eurosport, you better do it," um, no one got it, and mm. the whole thing was a complete balls up. And well, no, even no one, no one got live American Le Mans series Sebring twelve hour TV. Even in the US. Even in the US, and they were had to resort back to very, very poor sound video um, sync on uh, the American Le Mans website. So a huge drama to which international Paulie says, and that's why we're going IndyCar racing. IndyCar racing. Yes, yes, that's it. They're out of there. Out of there. As George Constanza. George Constanza. Constanza. Would say, really? Huh? When's this happening? Next year? No, this year. This year? I can't tell you anymore about <coughs> Or you'll have to kill me. Don't tell me that. I see Motors TV talking to Motors TV. They've got the Super League Formula uh, coverage for the year now. Motors TV, mate. MotorsTV.com. Now they don't go I mean, outside. Since international now, stopped doing the PR for Super League Formula, who watches it? Well, who I, knows anything about it? The series has expanded quite considerably. I mean, there's uh, how many bloody rounds this year? Twelve, even including New Zealand. Mind you, having said that, I'll give you just a quick rundown. Round one is in uh, end of May in Portugal. Then they go to Holland, Spain, France, Belgium, UK, Russia in the Schmolenks Ring. Uh, the where? Schmolenks. Melin <laughs> in in September. Just that out of my life. Beginning of September, and then that's seven rounds basically. And then from round eight onwards through to round twelve, they've got down China to be confirmed, uh, Brazil, ah, which is which is con- confirmed at Curtiba. Have you ever heard of Mate, Curtiba? Can't you see? No one wants the category. And then Brazil, to be confirmed, and, and why would you put second round in Brazil straight after the first one? It's only a week later. And then and the Middle East, which covers a multitude of sins, to be confirmed. And New Zealand, to I be confirmed. I can tell you the answer straight away. Go on then. Natural disasters. 
Oh. They just have to be able to like leapfrog one to get to the next one. They go, ah, that'll be off. Well, you know, they're just basically they're booking all these events, getting the money up front, and then they go, look, what's the chance of a natural disaster in that neck of the W? <laughs> you know, because of the, the Pacific <laughs> plates slipping and the El Nino La Nina effect, there's probably a good chance there'll be a cancellation in this damn well, this, this area. Be, they could and they be go, a few hey, more cancellations. I got the money. Yeah. You try and get it back. Yeah, but yeah, 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 their, yeah. their core audience though. Maybe another race of RA. I'll tell you. <laughs> their core audience was. You think you're going to get the Libyan GP? Get the things that they want. Maggie Coors, Esteril, Zolder, mm. Donington Park. So the major stuff. Trying to run, stuff, run the Dakar to Dakar. Dakar to Dakar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't go there, eh? No, we won't. Well, you and I won't. Unsavoury area of the world. Africa's just going off at the moment, isn't it? Eh? It's very annoying. It is. Well, it's not just annoying. It's just you know, like tragic. We're well, yeah, very tragic, really. All these dictators who won't let go of the power. That's a bit of a worry. But we're light-hearted, so we don't talk about things like that. <laughs> we don't. We don't That's right. accurately. <laughs> right, well, um, something interesting uh, I found out the other day that, that, that Toyota decided that it was going to do some advertising yeah. on the new iPhone. Toyota? Yeah. But they're not using iAd. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what's happened here is that they have an unofficial app that runs through a store called Cydia, C-Y-D-I-A, and they've landed this advertising from, from, from Toyota. So this store is set up specifically to be able to provide stuff for jailbroken phones. Mm-hmm. And so there's the, there's the look. They've done a, 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 a Scion-style um, skin there for the phone and, yeah. and other devices as well. Of course, so any any sort of broken device, you can you can take it in there. It looks like a jailbroken mm. iPhone. I put that looks like an iPad. It's all jailbroken stuff. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so and it's all Toyota. Well, interestingly, as an adjunct to that, no, but, but I, I haven't well, finished. Oh, well, finish. we'll go on. No, 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 Adjutant. Go, go on. You just finished there. That's fine. Well, well, that looked all sort of interesting. I thought, you know, if you've got a braille jailbroken device, search for Scion to 2011 theme in Cedia. The store has about one and a half million unique users each day. Um, but then the creator of, uh, of this environment, Jay Freeman, um, informed us that the CD did not actually cut a deal with Toyota. They were able to confirm that the advert pointing to the said thing was running through modmyeye.com within the CD app. So there's a bit of a, yeah, let's just make it clear that, that Toyota is not a customer of ours. It was all very sort of, mm. yeah, well, what do you think went on a couple of days later? Well. What's going on here, Michael? Uh, Steve. Steve. Cease and desist orders. Got involved. <laughs> As he does. <laughs> Apple asked Toyota to remove, uh, Apple asked Toyota to remove a custom Scion theme pack offering yep. to jailbroken phones. Da, 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 da. And uh, and Toyota said we're happy to do it to maintain our good relationship with Apple. Now, well, what does what that was, say? What day was that? What does that really say? Uh, that was uh, Tuesday, right? Okay. So what does that really say? It just <laughs> says, "Fuck it," you know. If we yeah. ever want to get an iPad or interface in our cars ever again, it's never going to happen. If we're not nice to Steve, right? Okay. Well, that's fine because that was Tuesday. Tuesday. Right, and on Wednesday, guess what? This is the adjunct. Toyota announced they were teaming up with Microsoft. 
<laughs> on a digital auto network, which is going to be cloud-based. And um, they're basically going to focus on combining telecommunications and data for drivers in the form of GPS, multimedia, and managing power on electric and hybrid vehicles. So there you go. So it was like, <laughs> all right, Steve, you had your chance. You blew it. We're going with Microsoft. There you go. Catch you later. That's it. <laughs> Last weekend was the opening round of the Le Mans series in, in Europe and um, Alan, uh, Alan Simonson and, and Dominic Farnbarker had taken delivery of their new f 458 Ferrari, Ferrari I, uh, Italia. Uh, previously a GT2 spec but now right. we would call it GTE because the category is actually split into expert drivers yep. and, um, uh, and amateur and pro drivers together. So there's GT Expert, GT Amateur, GTE, GTA. But week before, when we did a show last week, we were yes. expecting them to get some, some, some noise back from them about the test, if yep. the VLN test day at, um, at, at Nordschleife. That didn't happen, the car wasn't ready, and it basically it, it, it arrived um, from Italy early, uh, early um, last week, yeah. and went straight to Paul Ricard, where they they had a, a very, very good time. And Alan, in the car in the first practice session, straight to the top of the timesheets, um, had a few little issues with the car um, as, it, as it went along, a power steering issue in the, in the first pra second practice session. Why are there power steering problems with these Ferrari? Mm, that's weird. All right, yeah. So there were, there were um, uh, four other Ferrari, four, five, eight, three other four Ferraris there. There was the Tony Valanda car, there was the Fisichella and Jimmy Bruni car and the Rob Bell car, uh, the J&W Dunlop entry. So they did very, very well. Um, and um, interesting, running open exhaust. Had a bit of a chat to Alan, I thought you'd like to hear what he has to say. Yeah. I mean, I thought that this is an edited show. Because we don't edit. Well, I but just we just got, segue in. I just got the fucker the other night. I said, listen, speak now or forever hold your peace. He go, okay, I'll do it. And this is what... He said. He said. From okay. his nice apartment in Monaco that's only available to use in the cold months. <laughs> so, Alan, uh, the first round of the Le Mans series at Paul Ricard, brilliant effort, uh, um, and, and for all the Ferraris, for that matter, a huge battle there at the front. Um, wow. Um, what was it like to drive the new uh, 458? <coughs> Um, well, it's pretty. Um, it's a pretty amazing car. I mean, so was the uh, so was the earlier model, the 430. But the new one's just a little bit better in every area. Um, and then obviously it looks very futuristic, and uh, and it goes very well. So, and look, it's it's a great car. It's it's got uh, probably better grip uh, at high high speed. Uh, it right right bumps better than uh, than the, than the other one. Uh, on the power side, we're probably not as strong as we were last year because um, of all the other improvements that's been done to the car aerodynamically and, 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 and just in general, we've actually got smaller restrictors uh, than what we had with the 430. So um, in that in that aspect, it, it's probably just uh, lap times wise, just a little bit faster than the old one. But look, a fantastic car, um, great car to drive. Yeah, it certainly uh, it appears that it's got a lot more uh, aero and mechanical grip there. Um, 
Uh, but, I mean, what is it like to get in a brand new car? I mean, you know, for the first time, you know, you've driven the 430 for, for, for quite a few seasons. The same car, you sort of oh, I get back into a comfortable seat. And how this is a new car, a new seat, um, new controls at different points. What did it feel like? Did it, did it Was it like just having a new toy? You know, you'd like to you'd like to think that you have time to have to have those thoughts, but the car was late. We rocked up to the first practice, and, and basically because we're still developing tires, whenever we go out, we were straight onto it. You know, like first practice in, we onto developing tires, and it's almost like the team forgets that you actually have a new car, and, and you're basically just on it straight away. Um, so there isn't much time to reflect for for your new uh, toy. Um, it's just straight into business and, and uh, I guess that's where um, uh, the variety of cars that I drive come into uh, my advantage uh, in the fact that, that it actually doesn't take me any time to, to adapt whatsoever um, and, and also the Ferrari is so similar in all its characteristics that to the old Ferrari so really you, you don't really feel much of a difference so um, that obviously is, is, is a huge, uh, huge help but it's still a 500,000 euro um, uh, for a race car with a long rating list on it so uh, you know that uh, you shouldn't really stick it in the fence but then again Paul Ricard is the kind of place where uh, normally uh, accidents shouldn't happen because of the huge runoffs and then and then still we see the start of the race where uh, sort of six or, or, or seven cars is totaled so uh, <laughs> yeah what, what, what do you make of that now I, I watched the video there it, it was it appears that there was a green flag from behind yet the yeah. controller I mean, at, at, what, what, really what happened, happened was when, when when we drove up to the start line one of the uh, one of the LMP cars uh, had a problem and and, uh, and drove off to the side of the track. Uh, this is about four corners before we get onto the start finish line. And then when we get to the start finish line, as expected, everyone thinks the light's going to go green. Um, and it does, which then uh, every driver receives on the radio that it's a go, 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 and they all go. But I think what's really happened is the race directors have thought that they wanted to clear up this uh, prototype, which is half around the, the track, and actually do another formation lap. But some kind of a confusion goes on, and, and the safety car, um, you know, maybe gets that um, uh, information, and, and that's why he stays out. But then the starter doesn't get the information and thinks it's a go. So <laughs> I think it's look. I'm sure there will be a a, um, a report from uh, from the race organisers out on on what really happened there, because there was uh, millions of dollars worth of cars smashed up there, and I'm sure people would want answers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, perhaps even more confusingly that now the, the GT class is split into pro and, and amateur. And, uh, you know, the reports is that back that such that uh, the, the AM class was won by the uh, the, uh, the Feldmeyer Proton, uh, Horst uh, Feldmeyer Senior. Uh, um, but uh, the, the the main the main game, IMSA and Pro Speed Cars of Richard Westbrook uh, were pretty much taken out of the event at the beginning. I mean, uh, it, it's awkward, isn't it? I mean, what, what do the fans make of that? Like, do they understand pro from AM uh, in this GT category? Do you think this is a good way to be going with that component of the Le Mans series racing? 
I think it is a good, 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 um, uh, good way of going, um, and it's the only way that you'll keep the, the amateurs in the sport. Because if you um, if you didn't allow the amateurs to have a bit of glory uh, as well, which in that I mean standing on the podium, um, then and I think if the amateurs disappear from the sport, then I think I don't think the sport will continue uh, for for an infinity because, uh, or it might do, but then it will be with sort of 15 to 20 cars, and uh, it, it it's not a great motor race unless the the fields are full. Um, so so you have to do that, I think, um, and then by diverting them up, um, you have the pro pro class, which is um, where the real business is happening. Uh, and at the same time, you still have the amateurs, which can uh, can drive with a pro, which still gives some seat time to to a pro if if they want to. But obviously, they can only have one pro in the car, and they're still in with a chance of getting on the podium. So I think it's the right way to go. And giving the fact that GT1 in the last four years of the Le Mans series wasn't really there, you know, you were lucky to see one or two cars. And back in the days when Corvette was doing it, they were racing themselves. That gives no meaning whatsoever. So uh, I think it's the way to to go, and, and especially in a time where GT2 has probably been struggling a little bit with the GT3 being so successful um, it's giving GT2 another boost um, so I think definitely the right way to go and, and it, I don't know if the fans understand it yet or not but um, I, I'm sure they understand that when the grids, grids are full that's what they want to see uh, they don't want to see a, a single GT1 car just running around there by itself and to be honest with you all the um, all the battles in the race was um, was going on big time, both in the AM class and the pro class. So um, that's what you want to see, and, and and I'm sure people will love that also. A couple of more times. Well, a lot of the fans were saying that the best sounding car was the hand cooked car. I uh, know Michelotto had asked you to run a straight through exhaust system. Uh, there's some photos there that had shown that the uh, the the JMW and the um, the AF course car had run some sort of like uh, sort of uh, boxes in the back there. You guys weren't running it. That was very loud. Perhaps that was what they wanted to test in a in a, a part of the world where it was less restrictive on noise. Well, um, obviously that's what the fans want. Did it make a difference? Uh, Performance-wise, I don't really think there's much of a difference in it. But it's it's 100% surely uh, that it, it sounds right. You know, the the car with its silences on it sounds very similar to uh, to that of a uh, of an Audi or a Peugeot um, diesel, uh, yeah, which is right. <laughs> which is which is virtually nothing. Um, and that's not really what you expect of a uh, V8 Ferrari. So um, with no silences on it, that car sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm sure you'll see all cars being running that. But being in such an, a rush to get all the cars down there, uh, uh, Ferrari only had one system of that um, of, of that kind, and that's why we were asked to to use it. So. Um, so we did, and and, and um, it, it worked well, um, and I'm sure it's not going to be too loud. Definitely for places like Le Mans, and that there's no restrictions either. So um, no, I'm, I'm sure we'll be alright. You're a big fan of comfortable chairs in cars. I mean, you get in my RS Focus, taking you to the airport. You love that. I mean, is the is the is the four five eight any more comfortable? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know I'm not there to make you more comfortable, but. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, and and the dog's not it's, there. Uh, it's probably it, it's probably it's probably built for Medi Mediterranean style people rather than Scandinavians. I have to say. What do you mean by um, that? What should there be olives being eaten? <laughs> well, I, I, 
I guess I, I guess I'm a bit like Jamie Clarkson. I've got a big head, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it, it probably doesn't fit very well with inside the car at the moment. No, <laughs> listen, the um, the seating position in the car is um, it's a little bit different from the old car, but because we did, we haven't had the car in the workshop yet in the Farnbacher workshop, we uh, we haven't had time to modify anything, so we had to sort of go go with what was there at, on the weekend. But it was sure enough, it was it was good enough for us to uh, to sort of dominate the, the race early on and, and that was really what meant the most of us and you know to, to come out there and Hancock having made a huge step forward um, and suddenly we are uh, we're challenging for wins and, and you know like putting people like uh, factory uh, drivers from Ferrari and Porsche um, um, you know sort of uh, showing them off a little bit that that, uh, that was quite a nice feeling. Alan, it's clear that Hancock has made a big step in the uh, in the European winter there. Uh, you know, topping the times with the old 4:30 uh, because the 4:58 was not available at Paul Ricard. Um, it showed that the, the tyres were good in cooler weather. But I mean, what what was the temperatures like there? And and comparing it to the previous year, I know that uh, Paul Ricard was a warm event, warmer event yeah, last I mean, year. Was, well, what, do you, what do you think about? The tyres and how the, it was probably how, does the season, uh, how will the season ten twelve Man, degrees it. hotter than when we were testing there, so sort of an air temperature of about twenty three twenty four. Uh, so we were getting um, so you know based on on the racing on the weekend. I mean you know that you've sat in the car, you, you you know you got a bit of a frame of reference on it. How do you feel? How do you feel um, for the rest of the year? I mean it's clearly. This could now be a very good battle there between uh, Michelin, Dunlop and, and Hancock. Um, and also the VLN races and the 24-hour, of course. Yeah, I would say VLN and 24-hour race are the ones I'm going to have the most hope of uh, because we have done well there in the past. Uh, now we just have to build on the, uh, on the Le Mans series and, and build on the result we've had here. Um, still... You know, we we are still to come into the very hot conditions, and uh, we'll see how we go once we get there. But um, very promising start, and we have to build on that. And now we have to get our teamwork up to to become a little bit better as well, so we don't do so many mistakes in the pit stops and that. So um, um, no, it, it's looking promising. I mean, last year clearly the Hancock tyres were very very good in changeable cooler conditions. When the warm weather came in, they 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 were struggling a little bit. Um, that's to be fair, you know, uh, there are, you know, there's a hundred years of technology there between Michelin and, and Dunlop at, at the very least combined. Um, and so that's a, a big, a big, a big challenge for a, a small uh, South Korean manufacturer to come into the European amphitheatre and be able to uh, race against these, the, these uh, brand names. But uh, do you feel that uh, the, actually their wet, warm weather performance already is going to be better? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We definitely made a huge step forward. It's just, is that step big enough come very hot conditions? And But we're going to build on, on the performance we had over the weekend now because we still know there's things and, and areas we need to improve in. So, so we'll answer that from, from Monday morning and, um, and, and see where we end up. That's great, Al. Thanks, mate. Oh, well, that was all very nice, but he never actually told us how he went. Well, what were the results? He was, he was third in GTE. Right. Didn't you hear what he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't listen. What were the, oh, okay. Well, do you know the overall results? Then? The overall results, but in, in, in his class, because there, 
you know, the huge start line crash was just a massive drama anyway, as you're aware of now. But um, not that you knew anything of it before that. But overall, it was Henri Pescarolo had returned to the sport and took a win. Um, Pescarolo, jeez. In the uh, O1 Judd. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, um, good. From Rebellion Racing. And, um, and an LMP2 car was... Uh, was third. What was interesting was that they really it, it didn't perform very well at all, and the Aston Martin LMP1 only managed to do 96 laps. And I didn't like the thing. I, I, I think it's an ugly looking car. Oh, we've spoken about that before. It's terrible. Well, it's it's an ugly looking car from side on, but far be it for me to be able to say what's what's going on. Formula Le Mans um, was was won by uh, Patrick Simon tun, 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 and Julian Schnell. <laughs> Schnell. Anyway, that's it. Alright. So, so onward and upward. SportsGuard.com if you want to find out what's going on. Right, okay, you're on. Well, there you go. Well, so what are we going to go to now? Uh, where do you got me then? Or is it about Formula back to me? Is oh, shut. No, I didn't say that. Well, it's always my I fault. said, what are we going to go to now? What about Formula One. Must be Formula One. How about that? It's not much. I've, I've bought some Panna de Casa. Oh, Panna de Casa, yeah. And it's, 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 den- it's denser bread than I like. Right. Well, there you go. Well, I made a mistake. Yeah, they were just up around the corner opposite the servo, and now they've moved around the back of our store. Sort have of one thing. of those. Like, what is just that? Just have one. Do you want some salt on it? Oh, well, if you'd need any more. What is it? It's very oily. <laughs> Viewers, Hardy's trying to poison me again. Oh, oh man, I don't need any salt on it. Can you get any more salt in it? God, my arteries are hardening as I'm talking. <laughs> Bloody hell, quick, give me a super beer. It's, Jesus, what is it? Viewers, <laughs> this is... Bacon, bacon, bacon. Have a bit of this really extra salty black salt. No, I don't want any more salt. Where the hell? Where do you think that black salt's from? Could that be? Where do you think that black sea salt's from? Well, I reckon they wring it out of this bacon (laughs) and let it dry. Where would you think that black sea salt would come from? Black sea. You've been listening. Amazing, isn't it? You've been listening. I have. I'll tell you what it is, JP. What? What is it? He says opening the fridge. We're going to get a bigger fridge. You're not. We're, we are. Why would you be getting a bigger fridge? Because we've got a hole. But you can't fill that one. No, no, but the, the, we've got a hole that needs filling and the fridge is turning up. You can't fill the fridge you've got, fill the fridge you've got. They're like, why would you want a bigger one? The FLM, FWBM. It's always half empty, except on capsule weekends. Well, Here we it is. Up with Here it is. Normal stuff. Well, that's just it's a bit pancetta of... from Standom that right. I, ch- I chunked up and fried and then left it out overnight to, to, to dry which is unfortunate because it took all the moisture in and the crispness disappeared. Well it's definitely got no crispness but it's got plenty of oil pouring out of it. Bloody hell look my fingers are coming. Do you want a gherkin? No I don't want a gherkin. These are good. I, I love them. You know I don't like gherkins. Good onions yes, gherkins no. I'll hold I'm you not now. a gherkin though. They're very oh. crunchy. You and your gherkins. It says dill cucumbers anyway, it doesn't say gherkins. Oh, so it's Polish Gerboiski. That's right, exactly, indubitably. Hmm. Do you know what they do? They break down the salt component. (laughs) 
They break down the fat. They want to break down the fat. Bloody hell, where am I going to put this? Put it back in there. Oh, you're kidding, aren't you? No, you're not kidding. Yeah, I've got to wash my fingers now, viewers. Coming in orders. Come on, orders. There's no need. Put your hand down here. <laughs> Jeez, you're off. It's Mark in the jockey book. So I see Damon Hill's come out and said that. Uh, That's really. <laughs> no, not come out like that, you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> and said with a beard. With the beard. Yeah, you're have a face. That's the president of the BRDC. Um, <laughs> What's that stand for? British yeah. Racing Drivers Club. Oh, so ready. And he reckons that Vettel won't romp away, despite the early season showing in Melbourne. The same likes to romp me. And um, he said he was surprised how good the McLarens are, but then a lot of people, I think, were a little bit surprised how good the McLarens were at uh, Melbourne. Um, and supposedly it's all down to the revision of the ultra-complex exhaust system that they took off. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see someone who's so well-known in the sport and a previous world champion coming out and saying, well, you know, we've seen it all before, we don't think it's going to be that dramatic, or, or I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. So, anyway, that was just a little aside that I sort of throw in. What have you got? I was reading an article today. Um, you know, this is a show which is a mix, a light-hearted mix of technology, we mustn't forget being racing, and, and gherkins and food and saltiness. And I found out that not only is, like you said, that Toyota's going, <laughs> we, we bluffed you, Steve, we're going down the Microsoft route. Yes. Well, Aston Martin is building their own phone, and they've got nothing to do with Apple as well. And as it turns out, that this phone is being manufactured by a, a company called Mobadio, which make very, very high-end phones, and I've seen them in, in Rob Report and so on right. like that. But what a, a quick look at it. What I asked them. Hmm, it's like a sort of iPhone in stainless steel edges. But it'll hmm. be Aston Martin branded and everything yeah, like that. And of course, you know, it won't you know, work. Will you get one free with every car? It depends on how many options, I suppose. Yeah. Aston Martin, I'm going to read you the quick press release. The British brand behind supercars associated with the 007 films has unveiled a mobile phone concept that could challenge the Apple iPhone as the world's coolest communication handset. If you can afford it. <laughs> the CPT002 Aston Martin concept phone has been produced under licence by Canadian luxury phone maker Mobadio. Mobadio. I get confused with what's going Mobadio. on there. The Gagbo. <laughs> the Gagbo. <laughs> terrible. And features the a transparent touch screen made from solid sapphire crystal. Platinum sides contain all the phone electric battery side. and SIM card allowing a see-through section to display multiple Android icons, probably running, mm -hmm. you know, Froyo 2.3, including apps for social networking sites. Data on the phone's capabilities is scarce, but US media rules strong heritage is going to cost a fortune available in May. M-O-B-I-A-D-O.com or just Google up and you'll find that. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, but, but they have gone down a different route because, hey, people are buying these expensive because they're well, I don't want a mere iPhone. That's right. You know, because it's got one on you know, Okay, with, with, the thing is that with, with Android, you 
<laughs> whilst it's not good, it can be good in that there's a lot of fragmentation because you've yep. got 2.1, 2.2, 2 2.3, another variant on that, 2.33, and then Honeycomb 3 running on the Motorola um, uh, Zoom tablet, so on like that. But, and, and Google are a bit concerned about that fragmentation, but conversely, it allows a manufacturer to come along and say, okay, I'm going to build this, and I don't have to, I don't have to go up to, um, you know, um, Stevesville. Uh, Stevesville. <laughs> well, while you're talking about that stuff, I mean, Linux have just had their 20th anniversary, can you believe that? 20 years of Linux. Surprising, Ash hasn't got his head and down. It's his 50th birthday this weekend. The Linux guru, who uh, Jim Zemlin, has basically said that um, he's not really worried about battling Microsoft anymore because he sees the future in mobile devices um, like iPads, iP um, iPhones, things like that. And um, he's now seeing Apple as more of a rival to Linux. Um, and so he said... Apple's your worst enemy and your best friend if you're an open source Hey, have I always said, didn't I always say that Apple gives you enough rope to hang yourself yeah. and they, they're young? Yeah. Come on. Right so up. it says, Apple in many ways has done a lot of good things for open source and for Linux. It changed the definition of what client computing is. That has been good for Linux. Apple also has a lot of open source components within its products and tends to work very well in some cases with the open source community but I'm not going to argue that it doesn't have a very closed system as well. Is that so dun, well read? Dun, 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 dun. So well read, JP. Now, now, now listen, now I've got... Uh, look, as you know, as you're aware, there's, I've been asked to come up with a, a, a brand concept for mm -hmm. a driver in the Fujitsu uh, Championship. They're not paying for it. Someone else, uh, they're one of their sponsors. Oh, there's some news on well, the Fujitsu Championship in a minute. Yeah, go on. Yeah, there is about that, about yes, what's going on in Perth. I'll let you do that. I wouldn't, want to, yep. I wouldn't want to cut your lunch yep, and talk right. about the fact that it's been reduced from three races down to two. No, you wouldn't. Would I wouldn't you? want to no, do that because no. that would be your story. That's right, exactly. In any case, so this driver will be going over this. So I've been asked to come up with a brand identity. It's, sort of, it's quite interesting. I'm going I'm to just throw these down here. For you, and you know who the person is, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll just put them down. But here. we're not going to tell the viewers of the person. Yeah, we will tell the viewers, but I just want you to have a look at these yeah, logos. Have a look at these. Octane, you tell oh. Shut up. Now, remember that this gentleman yes. is—it's an interesting—it's an interesting story because he's the—I don't know how to say this—the youngest person to win the most amount of money on deal, deal or no deal, seventy-five thousand dollars. The only other person we know is Mark Bright, forty-six thousand dollars. He had to get his teeth done. Yeah. So, but he's into surfing. Oh, surfing. He? If he wasn't going to race a car driver, he would have been a surfer. Wow. And 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 this 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 young man has shares, and this is again non-lightheartedness. Right. Shares a a commonality with Jason Richards and uh, and Jack Perkins is that he's had a debilitating illness, lymphoma, cancer last year. Yeah. And uh, has appeared to have. Um, uh, Certainly put that behind him. Um, Overcome. With, and we know yeah. what's going yeah. on. Jason Richards and, yep. and 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 Jack Perkins with um, uh, uh, diabetics. Diabe diabetics. Yeah. Diabetics. Yeah. Diabetics. Um, stuff that you know. Obviously, the, between there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of energy there. I suppose you know if you a lot of go pear shaped one, you're going to get uh, you're going to you're going to go forward. Up. And we we're, we're talking about Taz Douglas. We are talking so, about Tos Douglas. So I see you've gone for a surfboard I've put these logos, I've decided on the typeface. Yep. And you don't need to identify it. But I want you to just tell me which, uh, which, 
Which one are you got? Is that it now? You're giving me all the ones, apart from that one that I'm not supposed to see? No, it's got nothing to do with it. No, I know, it's got your name on it. Why would I want to mention that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's just a typeface, though. Yeah, but, but that's just to show you the type on its own. Yeah. I like, um, because of the surfing connection, I do must, must say that I do like that idea. However... It could be a bit too surfy. Yeah, maybe. Um, but you could possibly incorporate still that very... Th maybe if you just did it as a thin outline. Anyway, I'm not asking using you that to one tell me how to do good. it. I'm going, which, one the, which one of the six do you like? Off the top of my head? Yep, quick. That one. Okay. Well, which one do you like next? That one. Oh, okay, good. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the, the one everyone else has been. But of course, you know I have to be different. So, hence. But the kerning is better. Like, just, like I've kerned it all Yes, up. that is better. I, I yeah, manually yeah, kerned yeah, it. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, it does. Great. We're on the right track there. So, uh, that'll be ready in time for... Barbara Gunner. TazDouglas.com. TazDouglas.com. Yeah. Um, and he's a nice bloke. Cause but again... We met him at Clipsal. We, we did meet him at Clipsal. Um, and thanks to uh, Gina. Gina. From yeah. uh, Rare Bean. In the Rare Bean. Kind box. enough to support him and, and, and in, in, a, in a slightly different way by asking you know, me to waste, waste a lot of his money. Waste? <laughs> you don't know waste a lot of his so, money. But I thought, you know... Be creative with his money. But, you know, people are asking me to do things at the moment, JP, which are outside the motorsport realm. And I was thinking... Yeah, people say, oh, look, like, you know, there's some engineering firms that are going, look, can you, can you give me a brand identity and help me move into the new world of this and that? I'm going, oh, I don't mm. want to dilute the, I dilute the, um, the, the, the hot lap brand. Right. Because I was doing, you know, quite a few things. I see what you're saying. So you don't want to, you don't want to move the hot lap brand from doing motorsport oriented things. So you figure you need a new brand to do the other stuff. Exactly. And right. I thought, but it's more advertising, and I thought, yeah. well, and don't worry about the colours, it's a little bit different, but anyway, I just thought this is what I came up with, and I thought, well, what do you think of that? That's very good. Should that not be off, though? Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> now I've got him viewed. No, no, if it was off... Well, I know it's naff in its own right, but it's... I've had a change it heart. Change it heart, yeah. Do you think it works? I'm after a change it heart. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right, thanks. Yeah. Don't like the green, though. I don't know, it's chucking it. Too, too close, like to, it. Too close to Max in and all. Now, while we were talking about Barbagello, which we weren't, and you weren't stealing my thunder much, yes, <laughs> I have modified the Fujitsu round at Barbagello, but the interesting thing that you didn't touch on it's not is the fact that it was part of a negotiation with the Western Australian Events Corp and the Western Australian Sporting Car Club. Hang on a sec, I love this sound. It's that not is. as good as the old days of... When no, you no, walk it's out, is it? No, you're not opening that one. We're taking that to the Chinese. Put the lid back on there. No, no I have to try a bit of it. I like, like it. I don't, I don't, I like I don't it. care. Unless you're buying the wine when we go for Chinese. Viewers, I come round here with a bottle of wine and we're going to go for Chinese after the show. And it's BYO, and now we've got an open bottle that's had a glass out of it. Because Hardy just couldn't stick you with can take both. Canoe. We can take both bottles. And they're, 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 collectively, they are a bottle. Okay. Or more. Alright. Mm. Okay. 
So the outcome is digressing backwards. Um, but we swapped Fujitsu series from a three to a two race format. And apparently total track time has been maintained by way of two 30 minute races instead of three 20 minute races, said Damien White. Look, I think it's a good idea. It does keep it in similar format, removing the reverse grid races. Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes no sense to go like anyone coming in to a like, the development series, when are we yeah. going to ever lose that? But if you're coming in, what you don't need is extra drama with a reverse grid race. Right. It usually throws everything out the window and everyone gets confused. Don't do that. If you were mm. going to ever do it, do it in the main game when they can afford to fix things. Mm. But why penalise the younger people or the ones with less budget or coming into the sport to be able to do that? And if you're yeah. going to do that, well then do it with GT, do it with Porsche uh, Carrera Cup. Yeah. Um, because there's obviously these... Well, they do it with Utes, but Utes, yeah. sure. But um, the same deal, though. I think the Utes is a little bit... It's a special case that it, it just works really well. It because does. Because it's expected to be biff and buds, and they're relatively cheap to fix. But when you're starting to talk about supercars and carbon fibre panels and, 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 and Porsche GD3 cup cars, which have got radiators at the front corners so they can't touch anything, I mean, mm. you're, really, you're getting yourself into a... A very slippery slope, JP. Slippery slope? And it's a bit like... A bit like... Never mind. All right. That one being slippery slope. Now, just having mentioned Utes, it just reminded me that... Um, Utes. Utes have Utes. Um, gone MoTeC. They've got new MoTeC um, controls in the car. Um, and the whole idea behind it, apparently, is um, to teach the young up-and-coming guys, particularly... Uh, more about data collection and uh, reading the data when they're racing because they're seeing themselves as a genuine feeder category to both Fujitsu and the full-blown V8 series. And um, they reckon that uh, by putting more uh, MoTeC, sorry, putting MoTeC controllers in the car where there's more information coming back to the driver, it's actually grooming them better for going up into more above categories. Now, that's the media story. Right. But what the real drill down will be is, is that uh, Driftbox didn't want to play like, here's the right, here's the gear at the right price. Um, and um, Yeah, but what does the main game use? Do they use Driftbox or do they use main no, game? They, well, they have a choice. I mean, the, the engine management system is free to some extent. I mean, I think it's well, the only suppliers are going to be either, what, Zytec, Magneti Morelli, yeah. Pi... Or Motec. Mm. And uh, Marcus had been using Pi up until up until now. Now he's got Motec and stuff like that. Yeah. But remember that they they have a telemetry system. There's yeah. no telemetry coming out of the Utes. Yeah. So true. It, it, I'm sure it, it is probably makes a lot of sense. Mm. And there's probably better human resource on the ground here. Uh, yeah. You know, with the groundswell of people sure. in the main game using Motec, there's probably yeah. much more mental engineering going on that you can go and you can get together and well and they're close by if you want to actually say well what about we do this or what about we do that you've got someone to talk to terribly dry you terribly dry elbows this evening <laughs> shut up you're looking at my elbows Paul. i've always got terribly dry elbows. <laughs> you're gonna win the lottery no isn't that what that means no i don't think so i, I always I thought, thought it was itchy palms money coming in yeah no in a different hemisphere <laughs> a different hemisphere idiot idiot so, Formula One, Malaysia, this weekend. Oh, yes. What do you reckon? Oh, sweaty. 
Very sweaty. In fact, Felipe Massa reckons that Malaysia is the toughest race of the series because at this time of year, you've got 30 degrees of heat and 80% humidity. In fact, he reckons that he's tried every way possible to keep cool, including one year starting in soaking wet cold water, over, uh, like soaking his overalls in cold water to start the race. And because of the humidity factor, it's very, very draining and you lose a lot of body fluids which affects your strength and concentration. So we could be up for maybe a couple of the rookies and the younger guys um, having a few dramas. With, what have you got there? Barossa Bark? Barossa Bark. Was it Gumtree Bark? Well, it looks alright, doesn't it? Thank you. I'll tell you viewers, that's the luck. Oh, viewers, this is good. Where's it from? Barossa Bark. Maggie B. Oh, Maggie B. Yeah, the old Magster. Eight dollars for five slices. Jesus. It is nice, isn't it? I like the black pepper. You know what's good about it is you can crack it in half. It'd be great with cheese. The way... Well, do you want a bit of cheese? No, I don't. But I'm saying you it crack it in half, it doesn't splinter like some of this crap stuff. Mm, and fall all over. Oh. No crumbs. Maybe we should have a martini or something for dinner tonight, you know, just go a bit up market. <laughs> you know, in practice for Draper's, Draper's 50th. Oh, Draper's 50th? Ashley Dean. And what got me thinking about that, JP, was that this week I, I ran into an article and it was someone had actually gone and decided. Yeah. You go, where are you going? Getting another beer. Oh, you're going to get another beer. Well, just when I'm having something, talking about martinis. About, we were talking about Aston Martins. We're talking about, you know, new phones. Yeah. James Bond. That I didn't like the Aston Martin around the. Well, Le Mans yep, series and yep, stuff yep. like that. Obviously, so that delicious. was segues together, obviously. That's right. And and what do you have to drink? Well, this person has gone and done the research through all the Bond films to determine how many drinks did James Bond actually have through the movies. Right. How many martinis? At, no, well, or just interesting, drinks. Interesting, well, we need to qualify drinks. Right. So I'm just going to read you a little bit of this. It's a, You're not I'll reading, are you? Well, in this case, it's quite voluminous, so yes. <laughs> but I will try to... I got him, viewers. Go on. But I was honest about it. <laughs> Only because I asked. Well, this attempts to present straightforward <laughs> information... Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll turn the joke Get on with it, will you? Well, the evidence is a little bit murky. James, if James Bond drinks a martini, which we associate that with, you know, shaking shake not stir, it's pretty easy to count it as a martini. But what about the situations when he drinks two bottles of champagne, a half-empty glass is seen by the side of his bed? Yeah. A few ground rules need to be established. See, the major problem with Bond's frequent enjoyment of multiple bottles of champagne or portions of bottles of liquor is that they may they have to be counted as a single drink because they can't you can't really estimate whether you know Madame Lash was in the room and like you know, and she struck most of and it. So and so you, you, yeah. you go so the assumption is if we see him drinking a drink, ordering a drink, or cutting to a scene with a drink in his hand, then that's considered as a drink, a drink. or an empty remnant right. nearby. Right. Okay. okay. So, so on that basis. So hence 
that we, we have a, a single drink rule, right? Okay. We estimate that they estimate that in the addition to numerous single glasses of champagne, Bond consumes eight bottles of bubbly. If we were to use five, the five glass rule, this would equal something in the neighbourhood of an additional thirty drinks per evening. <laughs> per <Obviously>, evening, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> which is where he gets his skills from. What in the bedroom? Obviously, trying to divine such amounts of, of something exactly about this is a slippery slope. More slippery slopes. Slippery slope. The liquor is easy to interpret. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Bond drinks a half a pint of I.W. Parker. You'd know about that. And in You Only Live Twice, he drinks a pint of Jack Daniels. A pint of Jack Daniels? Well, it must be a a, a dark beer of of the same name. (laughs) Yeah, of course. A pint. (laughs) Well, how much Coke would you need? Oh, I know. No, given that a pint contains eight two-ounce shots... We'll count these instances as four drinks and eight drinks respectively. Like in the other cases where Bond is a bottle of liquor, Ian Fleming, the author, uh, details the number of drinks it takes. So the, basically, the final, the final analysis here is that this is what we could, because of the uncertainties, we'll confirm drink cases where Bond actually, one, consumes a drink, intends to consume a drink, but, but the scene comes to an end, has a drink nearby him or in his hand, prepares to receive a drink or evidence suggests a drink was previously consumed. So it's pretty interesting. So I'm going to get down to some stats. I've really got my glasses. So um, in James Bond novels, the total was 317 drinks. <laughs> in and 114 uh, in, um, in films. Right. The breakdown at the top with 65 drinks. What do you think it would be? Well, which movie? Across all of them. Oh, God, I don't know. Across all 431, that is including the 317 for the novels and 114 for the film. 431, the top drink, James Bond's number one top drink. Champagne. You've got it. 65. Second with 57 was? Not martinis. Bourbon whiskey. Uh Scotch whiskey, 42. Vodka martini, 41. Sake, spent a lot of time in Japan, Mm. 37. Brandy or cognac, 24. Gin or undetermined martini, 21. Red wine, 21. (laughs) It wouldn't be any good with us. (laughs) And if we go down a little bit further, like Vespa martini, 4. Ouzo, 3. Rum, 3. Glue wine, 1. Mint julep one, obviously. Negroni one, a pink gin one, a rum collins one, a silver and a Steiner lager. Steiner lager? One. That's New Zealand. Steiner So, I thought that was pretty interesting. I did a little bit more, um, a little bit more um, research and going, well, what the hell is a Vespa? You had a really boring a day last week. <laughs> you must have. I was just trying to look for an early hour. You just did one of your tangents, didn't you? <laughs> okay, so what is a Vespa Martini? The Vespa, as it came from, from um, Casino Royale, is three measures of Gordon Gin, one measure of vodka, preferably a Russian grain vodka, and a half a measure of Lille Blanc. And a shot of two strike. What is Lille Blanc? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shake very well until cold, pour in a little deep, champagne goblet, goblet. <laughs> and a large thin slice of lemon peel and chuck it in your goblet. Well... So and that's it. Anyway, the entire recipe is there. A two stroke. It can't be called a Vesper if it hasn't got two stroke in it. Now yeah. I wonder what the mix was. Was it twenty to one or only uh, eighteen to one? And then there's the Waylin Martini, created by Smirnoff as a promotional tie-in with Tomorrow Never Dies, a two-ounce Smirnoff vodka. I hope that's not a Japanese drink. It's Waylin. 
quarter of an ounce of cranberry juice, quarter of an ounce of melon, shake with ice, melon. strain into... Melon. Melon. <laughs> melon. <laughs> Rod Melon. <What>, Mac Melon? <laughs> melon it. Mac Melon. And Sons. Na, 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 na. Oh, no. Shut up. We're going to garnish with a blonde. Sounds great. Anyway, there's all there. I'll put a link up for you if you want it. There's a lot of light-heartedness there. I got messy on those biscuits. So have we got anything else or what? Oh, you know what I've got to I've got to tell you? Last week we were talking about Harvey Norman's new website. How's it going? And I lied. It's not based overseas. It is Australian. Yeah, well, you were talking to Wales anyway. No, 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 because that's the original. We already talked about the fact that servers, you know, where are they? Anyway, in a, in a bottom of a it's Venezuelan filing cabinet. Regardless of whether I like beware of the leopard. Apparently, it was all over the tech magazines today that it snuck online early this week, and you can actually go there and uh, check it out. But it's really weird. Uh, you know what a soft launch. They've called it Big Buys, Harvey Norman Big Buys, and you've got to go to H N B I G B U Y S dot cloudapp.net <laughs> wait for that look that's the address see cloudapp.net so there we go Harvey he, Norman he, now he's, the, he's messy isn't he the, um, he's, he's had to the site's obviously not up and running at the moment because all the, all the specials are all sold out and if you go to the you know you mean the, lost the cart and all that sort of stuff there's nothing there but um, yeah so at the moment, today's special that you couldn't get was a brother home sewing machine. A what? A brother home sewing machine. As opposed to any other sort of sister home sewing machine. Well, finally, the only other thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to give a plug to someone that, you know, I'm a fan. Well, I wanted of... to give a plug actually today, but go on. Well, you go. No, no, you go first. I'm a fan of, of, of some of the, 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 the tech podcast and for me and I yeah I wouldn't call him my hero but I like him I like him because he's not my hero but I like him because he's irrelevant and irreverent he, he reminds me of a little bit of us and sometimes but he he's well connected but so are we the previous now now uh, resigned um, editor-in-chief of Engadget Joshua Kapolsky yeah. and he's now moving uh, to set up a new techie podcasting environment with uh, Neil Patel and and hopefully um, the other people that he, that he generally rants and raves with at a company called SB Nation in New York. I can't tell you much about it, but um, definitely have a listen to these guys because they're just they're as funny as hell and uh, quite inspirational, you know, because you don't listen to anything they say. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> if, you I don't, know what's gonna yeah, if you don't listen to anything... Well, they yeah. no. You mean don't take any notice of anything they say? <laughs> <laughs> you bloody thing. Get your fingers back on. Well, I actually want to do, uh, as you know, that I came and bludged the uh, current auto action off of you. On no, you didn't. I, I, I gave it to you without belligerence. Well, okay, you did. True. But on Tuesday, because um, I hadn't seen last weekend, I've been away in Sydney, which was excellent, I might say. Viewers, I have to tell you, went over to Sydney for the weekend. It was on my mum's 80th. And uh, my wife and I and my sister and her hubby took my mum over there for a long weekend. And we had our own special 
Well, what, what could you call me? Concierge. Concierge. <laughs> On the end of the phone, a certain Mr. Hart... Nosing himself into the and, business. Yeah, that's right. And we went to a couple of good restaurants that were recommended to us, and we had a lovely time. It was oh, very, my old very school. good indeed. Beppies, right, no less. Yeah, Beppies, and it was excellent. If you're in Sydney... And you want a good Italian food. Corner of Eurong and Stanley Street. Absolutely. Behind Sydney Grammar School. Not that anyone went there. That's right. No. Nobody we know anyway. <laughs> Bob Hawke was a Rhodes Scholar there, so leave me alone. Oh, is that right? Was he really? Was Bobby a Rhodes Scholar at Sydney Grammar? Yeah. See, before your... Well, that probably wasn't much before your time, was it? Did he go across the road and drink a yard glass prior? <laughs> no, I didn't. But it was a good weekend. Anyway. And then he went down the Hanging Gardens of Meat. Yeah, we did. We went down to the, the uh, Barbecue King, which was absolutely excellent. Great Chinese food and um, good formica tables. But I, underst- but I understand that you've got... Week, I understand, though, that you had, you had... And I have to use the word again, belligerent. A belligerent food orderer in the, in the midst that no matter what you do, he goes, oh, I just want bacon and eggs. Well, yeah, that is part of the deal. <sighs> you know, that can't be helped. <sighs> you always get one like that, don't you? So, back to auto action. I just... I took this home and I've read it pretty well all the way through and I was very impressed with how good and informative it currently is and I just thought that it was very interesting reading Rob my okay. mum's gay Rob hey, Rob's good he's the guy since yeah, sister but Rob my mum's gay my gay <laughs> I'm not saying that Oh, not like you. No, I wouldn't. No, he's a nice guy. Look, I met him with Fogwa. You're playing with fire there, I think. Oh, a little you bit know, of, you know. Yeah, look at that. You know. looking at, this is a little, almost like Jorge yeah, Lagrito. Mm, it is. <laughs> but that's stunning. He's good at that stuff. But <laughs> I just thought he did this. He's done, Rob Margay's done this fantastic article in his musings about people whinging about who's on the cover of the magazine oh, I haven't read that one and it's brilliant it's like and he's got it as a oh you know why rundown. I didn't you know why I didn't read it why didn't you read it I, I thought I took, that was a picture of Spokes and therefore I didn't read it <laughs> you idiot I didn't read it I have to go back to it so anyway at the year's end it was 20 uh, hold on where is it I've lost it oh there you go Ford 18 Holden 20 if you're looking at the uh, two Aussie brands, which is pretty amazing considering that there are so few bloody Fords in the field. So it was, it was very good. Time yeah. to go. But before we do, a quick wrap up of what's going on in Tiger Tasmania at the end of the second day. John and Jason White in the Lamborghini Gallardo were leading at the end of prologue, or rather setting the start order. But as I understand it, at the end of today, it's uh, Quinny. Quinny, still Quinny in front in the, uh, in the R30. Five VIP pet foods car from mm-hmm. none other than not Weeksy. You have to go to Target <laughs> website and have a look. <laughs> You're not doing Let's get some Chinese. Okay. Good night, viewers. What's that? Well, we're going to have to try this. We just spoke about this. What were these for again? Barossa Bar. <laughs> Well, this is a good one. Now we can show the name.